Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is the Human Condition MD with Dr. Madeira Mera right here on iHeartRadio. Don't forget, you can learn more about the doctor and learn more about the show online at humanconditionmd.com. That's humanconditionmd.com. Great website with some information, some links to the podcasts that you can also find on iHeartRadio, but also a great opportunity for you. If you ever have any questions, you see something in the news, or maybe you've talked to your doctor and you say, I'm curious about this or something you'd like to share, you can always go to humanconditionmd.com and submit a question or any type of conversation you have uh, or conversation starter you may have uh, to the website humanconditionmd.com. Joining us this week, as she does each and every week on the Human Condition MD, is Dr. Madeira Mera. Doctor, how are you doing today? I'm doing amazing, despite uh, the elec- the uh, debate last yes. night between <laughs> Biden and Trump. I'm not ready to move to Canada, but, uh, you know, my head was spinning a little bit at the, the time, but otherwise everything's going great. <laughs> really good stuff. And we'll talk, we'll touch and talk a little bit about uh, that debate that went on. And uh, I think a lot of people and doctor, you sent over an interesting story about kind of the, the emotional response and the feelings people have had. And I think uh, what went on the other night with that debate may reinforce in a bad way some of those feelings. We'll touch on that. We'll also talk about milk. What is milk? And we hear from uh, from people about, uh, you know, only milk from cows is truly milk. What about almond milk or rice milk and all those type of type of things? Do they compete with dairy? What are they? We'll get some information from the doctor. We'll also do the Fast Five. We'll talk about some of the things that uh, you should be and you may not be including in a first aid kit. But before we get rolling on that, we'll talk about an interesting story um, and a, kind of a sad story as well that, uh, that's that been in the news recently um, involving some cities in Texas um, dealing with a this is real. A brain-eating amoeba. Doctor, what is going on there? I know. It sounds like out of a sci-fi movie or some bad uh, experiment gone wrong. But, you know, anyone that's uh, studied this in science class or in med school like myself, it is a real amoeba. It is a real amoeba that exists usually in... um, pools that are unchlorinated or lakes, other sorts of bodies of water, sometimes uh, moist soil. And it is spelled, I'll spell it for you who are N-A-E-G-L-E-R-A and then Fowleri. So sometimes also associated with ponds that may have ducks in it or something like that, hence the name. But what it is, is it's a real amoeba that can act upon your brain and really start to really eat away at it to make it sound simple. So unfortunately in Texas now, a number of the water supplies have been compromised and residents of the eight cities have been alerted that this brain eating amoeba was found somewhere near the Southeast Texas water supply, leading to one of the towns to issue really a disaster declaration. That means that there's a water advisory out and anyone in that um, area should not use any water due to the presence of this. Now I'll tell you commonly the way that we studied this in med school and also what's happening here uh, in Texas is it doesn't just really enter your brain through the skin per se. That's not how this happens. Generally the nasal passageways are a common entryway to then get to your brain. So for example, I'm sure everyone's heard of a neti pot. 
So there's usually a couple cases every year, a dozen or so cases every year, where if you read the instructions carefully in a neti pot, um, you should be using filtered water and sterilized water. But, you know, if you use tap water, that obviously puts you at risk for something like this, especially if the water is contaminated. So uh, in this situation, there, of course, was a young boy, a six-year-old boy in Texas that was hospitalized because of the amoeba, not due to a neti pot. Um, They think either he was playing with a water fountain splash pad or maybe the boy's hose at home. Uh, So they're not sure exactly which location it was. But uh, there's also a private lab that doing testing in the area. So until further notice, the CDC has requested that these areas be on high alert and the residents not use their water. It's interesting too, doctor, you mentioned uh, in medical school, you guys, you guys learn about this amoeba and it's, it's relatively rare, but it's almost always fatal. And it seems like, I think mostly because it's such a shocking thing to hear about, but it seems like in the news, at least once a year, we'll hear a story. And typically I hear of, you know, people swimming in like a, like a, a, a farmer's pond or something, typically in the mm-hmm. Southern United States and, and, and entering through their, through their nasal passage. I think what's alarming for a lot of folks is when it comes to tap water, I think most of us make the assumption that if it's coming out out of the tap well especially if it's if it's city water it's got to be so cleaned and so sterile and not maybe not sterile but so clean that that something like this couldn't exist and when you hear things like this it does kind of take you back a bit going oh my goodness this is this could be potentially you know quite dangerous it it does make you stop and question the water that's coming out of your faucet and you know without going to extreme uh, extreme levels and talking about the fluoride and different chemicals, just from a, like you mentioned, from a bacteria amoeba level, you would expect that to be filtered out. And, uh, so this is not a cause for alarm. I don't think every city in America needs to suddenly check. I still think the U S probably has some of the best water in the world, uh, coming out of our faucets, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's very rare from 2009 to 2018, there were only 34 cases. But if we look back at the CDC data, 145 people were infected. Uh, in the last basically 50 years or so. But of the 145, only four survived. So that does give you sort of a uh, severity how seriously we do take this brain-eating amoeba. Keep the water out of your nose, folks. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's <laughs> a, a, a way to go. Um, so you and I, we started our conversation off about the debate last night, and um, and it was it was a big thing. We, before we get into this week's conversation, just a, a real quick uh, montage for folks who may have missed it and uh, may have uh, may just need a little bit of a refresher on how that debate l- went last night. Uh, we're going to play you a little bit of the, that, and we're all also going to play uh, a little music in the background just to kind of highlight uh, we'll get the mood set here's here's a little bit there of uh, of last night's debate some of the more civil parts by the way and he's talking <laughs> about maybe having a vaccine done by the end of the year but the distribution of that vaccine will not occur until sometime beginning or the middle of next year to get it out if we get the vaccine and pray god we will We got the gowns, we got the masks, we made the ventilators. You wouldn't have made ventilators. And now we're weeks away from a vaccine. We're doing therapeutics already. Fewer people are dying when they get sick. Far fewer people are dying. We've done a great job. I'm I'm totally opposed to defunding the police officers. As a matter of fact, police, local police, the only one defunding in his budget calls for a $400 million cut in local law enforcement assistance. They need more assistance. 
If they called us in Portland, we would put out that fire in a half an hour, but they won't do it because they're run by radical left Democrats. If you look at Chicago, if you look at any place you want to look, Seattle, they heard we were coming in the following day and they put up their hands and we got back Seattle. Minneapolis, we got it back, Joe, because we believe in law and order. I think for a lot of people it was pretty frustrating and it's mm. interesting though with that with those clips we play there doc the first ones they touch on are responses and and mobilization following um the COVID stuff and and as, as we've watched that and we're going to talk a little bit too about some of the 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 emotional reaction people have had to this campaign but real quick from a from the from the medical side of things let's talk a little bit about how COVID has been handled um obviously hospitals doing the absolute best they can the federal government though and, and I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth but it does feel mm-hmm. like on some level they were they were maybe a little a little late to the game maybe a little less um proactive and a little more reactionary than i think a lot of people expected them to be yeah i think the best non-political answer i can give being in the medical profession in the front lines on the front lines being a physician is the word unsupported i think mm-hmm. comes to mind and what i mean by that is you know President Trump mentioned amazing things, right? Creating ventilators and, you know, shutting down the borders and things like that. But at the same time, I really did see myself, and I'm sure all physicians did, as soldiers going to battle every day. And I had to make a choice that, am I going to come home today and hug my kids? Am I going to expose myself to my over 60-year-old parents? And when I think of myself going to battle, I know the U.S. would never send its soldiers into battle without proper equipment. So the fact that now physicians, nurses, other frontline healthcare workers have died because of lack of PPE, which is as simple as perhaps an N95 mask, perhaps perhaps a face shield, perhaps a gown and gloves. I mean, the fact there were certain physicians that had to use bandanas and the CDC because of lack of anything else said, yep, go ahead and wear a cloth bandana, doctors. It was like, wait a minute, what? I mean, so just to put that into perspective, the reason that's serious is we've lost nurses, doctors, uh, other frontline workers to COVID. We all have less one, two less seats at our table because of that. And, you know, again, to make an analogy to soldiers going to battle, any, you know, some casualties will happen, but when you lose that soldier because he didn't have the proper equipment or armor, that really breaks your heart because that could have been a preventable death. And when you talk to doctor, it's it was interesting when this when when the president initially started talking about COVID and his response, he described himself as a wartime president, that this was a war. And I think for a lot of us hearing those words, we go, okay, this is this is something we're gonna mobilize. In the United States, when it comes to mobilizing, whether it's whether it's for war or disaster, we're typically very good. And again, we're I'm not trying to get political on this, but again, it was right. it was part of that conversation and part of the debate. And I, I wonder sometimes if if things could have been handled differently if if folks could go back in time whether it's the president whether it's his advisors whether it's congress whether it's the governors the mayors whoever could go back if they would have if they would have handled it differently and i understand i think a lot of us understand that information was developing we were learning new things every day but it seemed like even with the limited knowledge we had early on things were probably not handled in the 
in the most ideal way. So correct. Uh, and then, and I know I am the first to admit, do this in science and medicine. Hindsight is 2020. Yeah. It's very easy for us to look back now, uh, almost at the beginning of October and say, Hey, in March and February, we should have done X, Y, and Z. So I hundred percent understand the other side of, of the battle there, but it does of course, enrage scientists, physicians, frontline workers to hear, wait a minute, you knew X, Y, and Z factors back. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In February and yet the troops were not mobilized. Yeah. That's the best analogy I can I can think of. And, and it's it's a really good one there too. And let's talk then about obviously COVID has been and has been the number I think for a lot of people I think depending on which poll you look at, but COVID has been the number one concern and the number one issue for a lot of people when it comes to this presidential election. Um, and presidential politics, even even at years of of relatively calm, um, certainly not dealing with pandemic, not dealing with other things, um, elections are stressful. And, and presidential elections are especially tr- uh, stressful. And we're seeing uh, from and hearing from mental health experts that are saying people are really, especially this year, feeling stressed out about this election. And I don't know that that this week's debate did much to, to ease any of that. I don't know that people are feeling more comfortable with their decision they have or have made um, having seen what played out at that debate. The debate, I think, was a a disappointment for many individuals uh, because people wanted to hear the United States of America, the Americans people want to hear, what will either of these individuals do for the country? How will this affect me? How will this affect my family? And I think a great part of the debate ended up being almost this bickering, you know, every, every part I saw of it, it was, I can't understand either of their commentary because each one is being interrupted and, and so forth. But yeah, to your point, this is bringing extra stress on the American people. We're already dealing with a global pandemic. We are already dealing with racial unnatural disasters, struggling with the economy and, you know, all of the other issues happening in our personal lives. And to compound that now we have a election that will determine possibly the next four years and the future of this country. So to say that there's pressure <laughs> is, uh, it's definitely a pressure cooker. And doctor, and we, we've talked in the past on the show about, about how both mental health and physical health, they, they, they can both be negatively affected by things like stress. And I think a lot of times we focus only on physical ail- ailments and, and, and our physical health, mental health is a, you know, is, is a serious issue as well, a very serious issue and, and make Making sure that we're taking care of ourselves and 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 doing the right things, not only physically but mentally as well, is very important right now. Yes, and you know we always talk about social media, the Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, mm-hmm. and we all have those friends or acquaintances, family members that will post something extremely polarizing. Yeah. And whether we agree with their viewpoint or not, that causes extreme anxiety because all of a sudden that viewpoint is a potential threat to our existence, whether it be financially, politically, racially, again, all the other issues that we've mentioned. And so stress itself, stress, just the word saying stress makes you feel stressed. So the question becomes, how do we boost our mood? 
despite all these issues? How do we maintain that sense of self and calm so that our physical and mental health continues to remain, you know, even keel and Mm. and we're able to keep up with the news and still be a part of the world, but not let the anxiety mount so much that it boils over. What's interesting too, is I think a lot of times people overlook the benefits of therapy is, is there's, and I, I think people are better about it, but it still seems like, like whether it's, whether it's visiting with a counselor or a therapist, having, having, uh, you know, a way to constructively work through some of these anxiety, anxious feelings and some of these other mental health challenges that we may be facing right now, having that, having, you know, having an openness to, and I think a lot of insurance plans cover these type of things meeting with a therapist, talking with somebody about these feelings, and because they are real and they have a real effect on people. It's a real effect, not only on your, on your mind mm-hmm. and how you process on a daily basis, but it also has physical impacts. And this is what we always stress here on the show is your mental capacity, your mental stress, emotional stress, and anxiety can cause you to not only be confused, sad, irritable, maybe socially withdrawn, but chronic stress can also lead to other health problems. Uh, headaches, stomach aches, insomnia, elevated blood pressure, um, possibly heart attack, decrease your immune system, suppress your immune system's ability to overcome other illnesses. And this is extremely important as we enter flu season, as we are still in the middle of a COVID pandemic, when we want to increase people's immune systems and boost them, not suppress them. So the best advice I would give people today is minimize your stress. You're going to increase the way you sleep healthier. You're going to increase your immune system's ability to fight infection. You're going to be a happy, healthier person overall with how you function your loved ones or people at work. Uh, and you're absolutely right. A way to cope with these things is reaching out, for example, to a therapist, to a psychiatrist, or just your physician. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people say, well, I don't, you know, I've had friends say to me, quote, I don't belong in you know, the crazy doctor's place. I don't want to go see a therapist. There's such a stigma there. You don't have to go there. You can just call your internal medicine, your primary care, whatever physician it is and say, you know what, doc, I've just been feeling whatever you're feeling, increasing depression, anxiety, again, serious things happen too: substance abuse, suicidality, whatever it is that you're feeling, mention it to your physician and let us be kind of your navigator let us tell you which way to go and what the next best steps are you're not alone you know one of the things too is interesting uh is i'm reading the story that you had sent over uh one of the people that they profile has the option of maybe thinking about maybe moving to canada and uh <laughs> i think sometimes we we feel that it, it does it, it's almost like uh like a like a brief if for folks that maybe have dual citizenship or have access yeah. like that it's almost like and we hear celebrities say this all the time i'm leaving the country um uh who was it recently that uh I'm drawing a blank on it. Uh, There's always someone. Yeah. yeah somebody just recently said, ah, if the president wins re-election, we may move into Canada. But there is like a little bit of an endorphin to that, whether it's uh, if you're a conservative person, when Barack Obama was elected or re-elected, he's yeah, like, ah, but yeah. there's, there's almost like this endorphin by simply saying, ah, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to get out of here if, if I don't, yeah. don't like the outcome of this stuff. And you know, it's, it's funny you say that. So I'm half Canadian and the half comes from my mom. She is full Canadian who has that option. Yeah. She could. <laughs> she always could uh, skip the border and go to Canada. So she pulls that one on us sometimes, sometimes if I just give her a headache. But <laughs> anyway, um, you're right. Just that idea of disconnecting, though. So it doesn't have to be as extreme as hopping you know, across the border to Canada, which is a beautiful country. And uh, I think they have thoughts on what's happening in our country. But um, just open-minded and seeking out conversations with people about your emotion and your mood and your stress 
can be just as liberating and get rid of some of those stress hormones, decrease your cortisol levels. For many people, the current climate can actually be taken as an opportunity. Wait a minute. Why do certain uh, feelings, certain things that uh, Biden says or Trump says, why do these certain things really get to me? Mm -hmm. And if you ask yourself that question, it may give you this deeper moment where you can philosophically, spiritually, or scientifically really challenge your own views. I know that's sort of a glass half full way to look at it, but in reality, that can be very liberating. Really good stuff. Talking this morning, of course, with Dr. Madeira Mera. This is the Human Condition MD on iHeartRadio, the website humanconditionmd.com. That's humanconditionmd.com. Great website there. And doctor, uh, a story we, we touched on a little bit earlier, but it ties in nicely with kind of where we left off there, which is um, sometimes when it comes to social media as as an example and and we we tend to feel as though we can do things or say things or we do tend to do things and say things on uh, on social media that we may not say in a real life will be much more bold and i think sometimes as we're scrolling through facebook or twitter and we're reading this stuff we tend to forget ex- that that's that's not really that's not really how people behave, and we tend to it tends to get us down. And I know um, one of the stories you sent over kind of compared what went on last night as almost like the internet in real life. Is that is that we are now starting to see, unfortunately, some of that bad behavior we see online flowing over into into daily life. And and I think sometimes people need to step back and and really take an assessment and say, listen, it's bad enough on the internet; it's way worse in person. Yeah. And the best way I can sort of summarize, I think this article is, you know, when you play a video game, for example, in the heat, I mean, I've played all those video games you can think of the grand theft autos, the halos, whatever the violent video game may be. I grew up with two brothers. So, um, you know, in the video game, uh, you would do vicious things, right? You'll drive over people, <laughs> you'll kill people and shoot people and say things if you're playing someone remotely, but, uh, you wouldn't really do those things in real life. Right. I mean, usually most of us have enough, um, mental capacity to say, this is a video game. I won't do that in real life. But like you said, and what's happening now between the internet and real life and where you blur, you know, that, that line is getting very blurred because our real life is becoming this tech life, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the Instagram, the Facebook, the social media life is actually becoming more real. If it didn't happen there, it almost didn't happen. But I mean, people say all the time, if, if you didn't document how you felt about the debate last night online, it didn't really happen in your life. So, um, yeah, I agree that a lot of people are, uh, finding difficulty. I think distinguishing those two, uh, lives. Is that what we should call it? Yeah. Well, I'll say like my brother and I, who are, I, him and I are very close. I mean, we're like 18 months apart. So we grew up, you know, we grew up almost like twins is, um, we don't talk around election time because we found like on mm. Facebook is we found that we bicker and argue only on social media. When, when I go visit him or when he comes to visit me, we never talk the way we talk to each other on social media. So for the last, I don't know, eight years, uh, no, it's been even longer than that. At uh, 12 years or so, when it becomes election season, we mm-hmm. simply stop communicating over social media because we both get in and we get dug in and we start saying things that probably regrets. <laughs> it's, you got to yeah. make, that, make that disconnect. That's that's smart. You're probably saving your relationship, and I bet a lot more relationships would be saved. I think the whole situation is exacerbated because of this quarantine, because of COVID. So people are at home glued literally to social media, to devices, to debates, to what's happening in the news. So 
the bizarreness of the news or the moment kind of becomes again, your whole life. It becomes mm-hmm. every moment. And so to be able to separate that or have other purpose or other meaning is very important. Really good stuff. Talking this morning with Dr. Madeira Mero. This is the Human Condition MD with Dr. Mero right here on iHeartRadio. Don't forget to learn more about the doctor online as well as submit questions right at Human Condition MD. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. D.com. That's humanconditionmd.com. We were playing some of those clips from the debate last night. Of course, the vaccine debate and conversation came up as part of last night's conversation in that presidential debate. And a lot of questions about vaccines. And I think some of us are, are somewhat familiar with kind of how vaccines are manufactured. Maybe not intimately. I will include myself mm-hmm. in that. But I see things like, you know, using using chicken eggs to for kind of like an incubator for to, 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 to develop that uh, that vaccine. I didn't realize that shark tissue shark livers what's going help help us find out what's going on here and by the way sharks are not a limitless resource from what i understand exactly yes and so what we're talking about here is that hundreds of thousands of sharks uh, possibly 500,000 sharks may lose their life result of one of the covid-19 vaccines uh, and this has um uh, the animal lovers in the world kind of up in arms and questioning this. Uh, it's a British pharmaceutical company. Many of us have probably heard of GlaxoSmithKline. Uh, they're manufacturing a flu vaccine, which includes uh, really like an oil, if you want to think of it, that's produced in shark livers. And it's great because it's known to create a strong response from uh, the recipient, which would be me or you or whoever's getting the vaccine. It's known to create a strong response in the recipient's immune system. Now, the company also plans to produce billions, I believe, doses of the coronavirus vaccine, which may also, again, include this specialized shark oil. So the question in mind here is how many sharks will have to basically lose their life for us to have these billions of doses of uh, the vaccine, which obviously will save human lives, no doubt. Uh, You know, anytime we have a a vaccine or a product that I think is so dependent on a, what, how do we say this? Uh, another life that, mm-hmm. like you said, is not uh, in a limitless supply that always makes you question, is there another or safer alternative? So this is not to say all vaccines do this, and this is not to say all the COVID vaccines are using this, but uh, specifically 
uh, there was a GlaxoSmithKline vaccine that may be doing this. Really interesting. And it'll be interesting to kind of follow and see what they, and it also seems a lot of times, I know I know people are saying, oh, these these animal lovers, da, da, da. but the reality is by, by them raising this issue and this concern, it also forces uh, the manufacturers to, recon, you know, to, to reconsider sourcing and say, okay, can we find a better way? Can we find a better system? Can we find a, a, a man-made um, a, a, a man-made product that, that can replace this oil that 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 has all the benefits, but doesn't result in that. And I've also mm-hmm. got to assume I've never raised a shark before, but I've got to assume <laughs> that uh, that raising or rounding up sharks or however uh, these these livers are being acquired, that's good. a lot of labor involved in that. So if you can avoid yeah. that, as well, it's kind of a win win. So yeah, and, and the big question is, uh, you know, we don't know if this is going to be a one time vaccine for us, yeah. right? Is this just a one time vaccine you get in your life and you're you're set, or is this going to be a twice a year vaccine, which then means more sharks die, but you know, to kind of get off topic for half a second here, it's not just medicine that uses, you know, animal products. Mm -hmm. Obviously I think many of us, especially women or anyone that wears makeup is probably very familiar with tons of ingredients in cosmetics, uh, different types of lubricants and creams and anti-aging products, uh, as well as supplements also use different parts of sharks and whales and again, animal products that are used to sustain the product. Uh, and so it's not just medicine and science and vaccines. It's a lot of the ingredients we use in our daily products. Isn't it whale vomit that's very coveted for um, <laughs> for perfume and fragrance? And I feel like I've read something. Yeah, there's different whale is. bodily substances I've yeah, heard of being yeah. used. <laughs> yeah, if you ever find one, apparently if you find it on the beach, it's quite valuable. <laughs> so just, uh, yeah. yeah, we find that we you get creative. That is for sure, uh, Doctor. Uh, as we're as we uh, started our conversation off, talking about your neck of the world, which is uh, the Washington D.C. area, talking a bit about politics. Um, the area where you and I met was uh, is America's Dairyland, right in Wisconsin. And mm-hmm. uh, this next conversation, I think, is going to be very relevant to anyone that's listening uh, in the in the uh, Wisconsin area or across the country. It's it's very relevant. People always wonder this, as do I, which is um, comparing which milk is best for your health. Obviously, Wisconsin guy, probably a bit biased. I'm going to say dairy. I'm going with the good Mm old-fashioned cows. Um, What is science saying, though, when it comes to whether it's dairy or coconut milk or um, soy or almond milk? We'll kind of break these things down. What do we need to know there? I think this is such a, such a cool topic to discuss because the milk industry, and I say that with quotes, because like you said, technically the dairy milk that we, most of us, I think, I don't think all these other milk alternatives existed when we were kids, but probably the milk that we grew up drinking was like the original milk. Remember those milk mustache commercials (laughs) and milk does the body good. So I'll break it down for you in a very, um, you know, easy to understand way. The Mm. dairy milk is really the main real milk. A lot of these other alternative milks, and I'm a huge almond milk fan, and there's soy milk, and we'll talk about the other ones. They're not technically milk, even though that is their name. Uh, They are not derived from animals, therefore they technically are not a milk. But we'll start with our favorite dairy milk, which provides us with a lot of amazing nutrients, calcium, protein, vitamin B12, vitamin A. If you've ever read the back, you'll see vitamin D, riboflavin, zinc, phosphorus, iodine. So that right there is a great reason to to drink this because it has all of these vitamins. It also has essential amino acids and it's great for bone health, which is probably what we all remember Mm -hmm. our mom telling us when we were kids is you want strong bones, uh, drink your milk. And so 
I know that there is some question and the research keeps going back and forth on this is that as we grow older, once you're not, uh, school aged, how much is your body able to absorb of that milk? Hmm. And so I won't get into that whole debate today, but I will say that, uh, dairy can also of course contain saturated fats and this can be a problem for someone, for example, with underlying health or heart conditions mm-hmm. or stroke conditions. And so this is a situation where you don't want to be drinking that whole milk or perhaps any dairy milk if if it has those fats in it. Uh, but that's something you'd have to weigh individually, risk and benefits. But overall, as we just mentioned, there are tons of health benefits to dairy milk. I think the next most popular, would you say, is soy milk? I think so, yeah. I would, as they say, Doc, I would concur. Yes, I would concur. I would concur. Okay, perfect. So soy milk is great because it's a dairy alternative. So for people that are lactose intolerant or just like the taste of soy milk, uh, it's a great alternative. It's probably been out the longest before all the other milks came out in the last 10, 15 years. Uh, and there's advantages to soy milk as well. Um, some consider it extremely beneficial because it's a full fat, there's low fat, there's, it's you know, plant-based rather than animal-based. It still has some vitamins in it. It has the B vitamins fortified with calcium that can make it comparable to dairy milk. Um, one study showed that the calcium from fortified soy milk was absorbed maybe at like a 75% uh, efficiency of calcium from dairy milk. So close to it, but maybe not as good as the dairy milk. But again, if you're looking for a plant-based alternative uh, that contains some healthy and saturated fats and fiber, you know, soy milk may be the way to go. It also has something called phytoestrogens, which are a natural plant-based compound. Uh, And there's some speculation that this may help decrease the risk of breast cancer, hypothyroidism, but those have only been shown in animal studies. We have not been able to recreate that in human studies. So we'll have to see where um, the data lands on that. At the end of the day, uh, the soy consumption is more beneficial than harmful. So again, overall safe, uh, Dr. Mara's seal of approval is two thumbs up. If you're looking for an alternative, soy milk is, is a reasonable option. What's next? I think my favorite, yes. which is really just my favorite because of taste is yeah. almond milk. <laughs> I really, <laughs> I really just enjoy the taste of it. And it is again, a great alternate alternative for people that cannot drink that dairy milk. Uh, and it is for those that are not familiar with almond milk, essentially what it is, is almonds with distilled water plus or minus fortified with different nutrients like the calcium uh, and other supplements. So the great news is if you're drinking an unsweetened version, you're not getting a fat, a fatty version. You're not getting the risk that we talked about in the beginning there with some of the other dairy products. So it could be very good for your heart health. For example, if you're looking for an alternative, uh, the downside here is if you look at the ingredients and really break down the contents of almond milk, usually on average, they're about two to 14% almonds and the rest is really water. Mm. So great on one hand, because this could be a great way to lose weight and keep the heart healthy and, um, still get some saturated fats and vitamin E, zinc, magnesium, potassium, but it's not like you're just drinking really dense milk with lots of almonds in it. The thing to be very aware of, if you are going to buy some almond milk is look at the added sugars. The best way to buy almond milk is to look for the word unsweetened. Otherwise it may have some added sugars, and that can make it taste very good, or it may have, uh, for example, rice syrup or other types of syrups or juices in it that make it taste very good, but not great, of course, for the health. Uh, if you're looking for almond milk alternatives, there have 
there are fortified versions. So of course that are aiming for that calcium that is close to the dairy milk. So look for something that's between 115 and 200 milligrams per hundred milliliters. It all sounds very scientific, but basically look for something that's fortified that still has a good calcium dose in it. I got to be honest, Doc, I like the almond, the sweetened almond milk. It's, yes. it's, it's like a little So treat. yummy. Yes, it is. Uh, this next it's almost one, like drinking ice cream or something, yes, right? It's, and, uh, it's, you're, you're absolutely right. It is. And, and I'm going to say, uh, comparing um, uh, uh, almond milk with ice cream, I'm, I'm not a doctor here, but I'm going to guess the almond milk probably still yes, exactly. <laughs> so it definitely no dream. This next one, I, I, I've, I guess I've heard, but I don't know much about oat milk. What do we know there? Yeah, it's not as popular, but like you said, it, we've probably heard of it. So it's made from blending oats and water, straining off the liquid. It is a good source of fiber, vitamin E, folate, and riboflavin, but low in fat and is naturally sweet. So definitely some benefits there. Uh, it doesn't have the carbohydrates of that dairy, for example, cow milk. Uh, and this, uh, this may be an option. However, it tends to be low in protein and calcium. So uh, just drinking the oat milk, meaning the oats and the water being strained off, is maybe not ideal. You'd, again, have to look for a fortified version. And there are a lot of uh, individuals that either because of medical reasons or trendy reasons are looking for gluten-free alternatives. This is not the gluten-free option, obviously. Oat is is gluten, so uh, not a good option for people that are gluten-free. What about one like, uh, as, we, as we're moving through our, our different types of, of quote-unquote milks here, uh, coconut, which is, um, I think anyone that's cracked open a coconut has, has seen it firsthand. If not, obviously, you can buy it, at the, buy it off the shelf. And of course, I think they also add it to water and do the coconut water as well. Gosh, this is coconut and adding coconut oil to everything yes. and swishing it in your mouth. I feel like it's so trendy, but it doesn't make tons of sense. It mm. may taste very good, and I myself love a fresh coconut. But coconut milk is overall low in protein and low in carbohydrates, uh, but it is very high in saturated fat. And so that is something that we're not excited about. Uh, some brands also have added sugars in it. And similar to the uh, almond milks, it does not contain uh, natural calcium like enough. And so you'd want to look for something that was fortified and it doesn't really compare very well to the dairy milk. And then finally, rice milk, which is, I, I don't know if it's as popular, but it seems like we, we started off this talking about soy milk, which is which is very popular and has been around a while. I th Rice milk's been around quite a while as well. Again, maybe not as popular as some of these other options. but it's I can't there. say I've tried it, but I have had sake. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with it, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I'm, I'm joking for anyone listening out there. I, I have not tried it, but um, we are not talking about sake here. I know a lot, a lot of people think rice drink and they think sake immediately. But uh, yeah, rice milk, probably the least common of all of them. It's naturally high in carbohydrates and sugar and has that higher sugar index, the glycemic index, which means the glucose is quickly released into the body, but probably will not sustain you for a long time. So not a great idea for especially people that are diabetic. Uh, rice is the least likely to probably trigger an allergy. So if you are looking for a milk alternative or, you know, a child that's very allergic to things, you know, that is a potential benefit there with the rice milk. I, Ultimately, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just saying, just, just as we're talking about rice milk, something popped into my head too. You mentioned with, with the kiddos. Um, I remember my brother, when we were kids, he couldn't drink dairy milk. He drinks dairy milk hmm. like crazy. Now, any idea why that is? He would have, you'd have an allergic react, like a, like it would make him feel sick. But is there, do you know off the top of your head why some young people maybe may have some allergies to milk, but as they age, they, it goes away or do we not know that? 
Uh, that's a great question. And some children, there's two different theories on this mm-hmm. is some children will have a milk intolerance or allergy their whole life. And that's just an allergy that they have. And some people may have it as youngsters and then either just consume less milk as they grow older or genuinely the allergy, your immune system has changed, your response has changed. So um, there's, there's two different theories on that. But yes, there are definitely children that have milk intolerances and allergies. And it can range from, like you said, your brother who would get physically ill, maybe have GI symptoms, vomiting, diarrhea, or even kids that break out in rashes and complete like skin manifestations and can't drink the milk at all. And this, this happens, you know, some most usually discovered at a very young age because once the cow's milk or dairy, uh, what, what else do people drink? The goat milk, goat mm-hmm. milk or something is tried. They, they notice, wait a minute, you know, my child had some sort of reaction or isn't tolerating it well, or, you know, their, their poop looks funny. <laughs> I hear all sorts of things, but it's usually noted, but ultimately what's exciting in today's day and age, and we didn't even talk about this milk is, dairy milk, Mm -hmm. but that has, it's lactose free. And this is just modern medicine out there to help those people, perhaps like your brother that have the milk allergy or the lactose intolerance part. So you can still drink the dairy milk and get real milk, but you're getting it without that lactose. And those brands exist out there. They're readily available at every supermarket and most pharmacies. Very, very cool. I just remember as a kid, he used to have uh, apple juice with his cereal. And Mm. I thought, that is the coolest. And he's like, like, it's not that good. Does he still do that? That sounds gross. Yeah, as a kid, it just like sugar on sugar. It seemed like a great idea. But uh, no, it was really weird. It was only when we were very little. And he used to get, yeah, the, the very sick, like physically ill drinking milk like it yeah uh-huh. giving diarrhea and stomach cramps and that stuff and um yeah. by the time we were i don't know maybe second or third grade he was drinking milk still eats hmm. cheese and drinks milk and but very interesting stuff so really cool that there's all those different options and of course you are listening to the human condition md with dr madeira mara right here on iHeartRadio. radio time now for the Fast Five, and this week we are going to talk about five things for a first aid kit. Now, some of them, I think the first one we'll talk about is probably the most obvious, and I think uh, as a bachelor, this was probably my entire first aid kit, but there are some <laughs> things also uh, that you may not think of that you should have in a first aid kit. The first one is, of course, bandages and dressings, and I think that's kind of the, again, if you're if, if you're a bachelor and you got a first aid kit, it's probably just a, a box of Band-Aids sitting in a, in a medicine cabinet somewhere. <laughs> But they're obviously important to have on hand, aren't they? Hey, that's some, something is better than nothing. Yes. So to all the bachelors out there, good start. Yes. You don't need some expensive, you know, commercially bought kit. Sometimes the homemade ones are just yeah. fine. And you're absolutely right. The first thing on our list here is bandages and dressings. And the reason is when we think of first aid, a lot of us envision blood right away or hemorrhaging and how to contain that. And so the best way to do that is, like you said, with a bandage, with a dressing that can either... Uh, contain the blood or stop the blood because you're adding that pressure. And so that's why we said bandages and dressing bandages. We all are aware of and dressing can, can help dress the issue. Or if you need to uh, apply a little pressure, that's also very helpful. Like gauze. Really good stuff. Number two, antibiotic cream, which uh, you never, now I do, but never used to use that (laughs) stuff. It's important to have at hand though, isn't it? 
you don't need it, I guess, till you get married or you have a kid <laughs> yes. or someone says, hey, we need some antibiotics over here. We don't want the finger to fall off. Yes. So uh, always helpful. So you're not running out to the to the supermarket or a 7-Eleven at, at 2 a.m. Um, because antibiotics have changed the, the survival rate. You know, we were talking about war earlier today, but if you look back into the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, and you look at survival rate of soldiers, the most amazing thing is it wasn't necessarily the amount of soldiers that were getting injured or killed. It was just the invention and the introduction of antibiotics that saved more lives. And the reason is once you know, the, the role of an antibiotic is to prevent further spread of bacteria in the body. And so if we have a cut or, um, a separate appendage, God forbid, hopefully you're not doing that at home. But, uh, if you're dealing with something like that, you're introducing potentially foreign substances, bacteria into your body, which can spread quickly and be uh, a serious complication or even deadly. So if you can contain that with antibiotics and stop the spread of it right at the source, very important. So a good reason for your first aid kit to have some kind of antibiotic cream on it. And please people check the expiration date. I have been in a situation where someone on a plane handed someone else antibiotic cream and it just came out looking wrong. And I reached over and said, could you look at the date on that? And it was like five years expired and yeah, just not a good situation. So please check (laughs) the expiration date in your purses and your cars and in your kits. (laughs) Really good stuff. We talked of course about, uh, about having bandages and dressings on hand, um, something to cut those bandages with having scissors, uh, to do that. That's an important part of it as well, isn't it? Yes. Scissors or having shears is so important. And I will tell you as like a first, second year med student, it was like the most exciting thing in the ER because the first thing I would do was grab the shears or the scissors (laughs) because, you know, you don't know too much yet. And the real grown up docs are doing all the stuff, but I'd walk in and I'd cut someone pants off or cut the rope off or whatever was happening. (laughs) But again, to make this applicable to our everyday life is in most situations that we see in trauma and accidents, sometimes seatbelts have to be cut or ropes or again, clothing that may be restricted or even again, like we said, the draping and the dressing and the gauze. So having scissors uh, in that first aid kit can be extremely helpful and uh, help save a life. Speaking of uh, similarly shaped items, uh, needle-nosed pliers uh, can come in handy quite a bit, actually, and they should be in that first aid kit, shouldn't they? Yeah, and I think this is something most of us do not think about. Why do I need Ply, you know, tweezers, tweezers or pliers, you know, you're not going to be doing my eyebrows, are you? No, that may be a fashion emergency, but not a real medical emergency. The reason is it can be very useful uh, for splinters or ticks, thorns. If anyone is really an outdoorsy person, then I'm sure you've used them more than once, even something as aggressive as like rattlesnake fangs or what are those things called when you, it's not poison ivy, but when you hike through the woods and they look like Velcro, they like stick to your socks. Oh, Do you yeah. know what I'm talking about? Like, those like little green guys. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I yeah but if, if you get them on your skin or clothing, again, the tweezers or needle nose tweezers can be uh, very important. Really good stuff. And then the, the final one, this is an important one too. It, it, it's, it's for everybody and it's having some gloves available. Gloves. Yes. It's not just during COVID. It's all the time. And it's to protect yourself from the blood of another individual or bodily fluid that may be um, hemorrhaging or emerging during the time of an emergency when you need first aid. And so the glove can be very important. And again, save a life because if you have any open wounds or cuts and another individual does, the gloves act as this as another barrier is another form of protection. So we always talk about in first aid, they train you when you do your CPR, ACLS, BLS certification is to always be aware to not put yourself or others in harm while trying to help others. And it always sounds 
counterintuitive. They say it on planes, right? Please get your mask on yes. before putting your kid's mask on. And that sounds bad, right? Like, why would I save my life first? But in all honesty, you can't help anybody else if you're putting yourself in harm's, harm's way. So making sure that while helping others to be mindful of your own health and safety as well. Really good stuff. She is Dr. Madeira Mera. This is the Human Condition MD with Dr. Madeira Mera right here on iHeartRadio. Don't forget to learn more about the doctor online and submit questions or topics you'd like us to address here on the show right on the website, humanconditionmd.com. That's humanconditionmd.com. We post a new podcast each and every week at iHeartRadio. Make sure you're following the podcast as well as sharing it with your friends. Get that information out there. Again, the website, humanconditionmd.com. Doctor, it is always great hanging out with you. You have a fantastic week. Thanks so much. Stay happy and healthy. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.